Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right, welcome back to the Run Dot Down post game show here on the Strickland YouTube channel. And if you are listening to this the day after the Strickland Podcast Network, Knicks win in a bounce back effort um, versus the Detroit Pistons on Kith Night and on Veterans Day. 121 to 112, um, led by RJ Barrett and Jalen Brunson. Really, two strong performances from those two. Um, it was great to see them really bounce back, especially after the Brooklyn game. Um, they both heavily struggled in that game, so tonight to see them bounce back was really well. Um, I thought RJ looked really great in terms of like getting to the basket tonight. Um, he really had his way in the paint, which is something that you really like to see. Um, but yeah, I mean, a really strong game from from those two. Um, off the bench, quickly, you know, he's gotten some criticism as of late. He was able to um, find his um, way in the second half. Um, but yeah, let's. Um, how did we feel about tonight's game? Uh, this is my public apology. Um, Rowan Alexander Barrett Jr., uh, also known as RJ Barrett, number nine, nine guy, whatever you want to call him. Um, I was wrong. I was wrong. Um, <clears throat> I formally apologize for any and all slanderous tweets and as a humble, humble man and Knicks fan, you are a good player. <laughs> only only took four years, folks. Only took four years. But we're here, guys. You we clip, are here. You, you can clip that. Do whatever <laughs> you want with it. I, I, I can admit that now. Um, RJ Barrett, I can say it again. RJ Barrett is a good player. Who has a relatively good star ceiling, especially if he's going to finish the way he's been finishing this year. Thirty-five and five, you know, ten for seventeen from the field. A lot of great stuff in terms, like I mentioned before. Um, you know, finishing at the basket, tough finishes, and one finishes. You know, he that he displayed the whole package today. Pause. Um, but yeah. Yo, yo. Oh my gosh. All right. All right. All right, bro. All right. But um, yeah, I mean, what else to say about RJ Barrett? You know, he's been consistently putting up these efforts, um, minus the Brooklyn game and like probably like the first couple games of the season. But other than that, he's been pretty consistent um in dropping 20 points per game. Um, he's been up in it lately, and you know tonight was one of those nights where he really got a chance to. Um, I, I liked his aggressiveness early on. I will say that, like, he made it a point to really get to the basket, and then he started hitting his his threes, which is what you want to see. You want to see the inside out, not the outside in, because um, I feel like a lot of his performances where he struggles, he tries to get it going from outside before he has it going. You know, getting to the basket, and I feel like it it works better if it's inversed where he's going to the paint that way, you know, he can start in those threes and then, you know, it's just game over from there. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, tonight he shot six of eight within the restricted area and then one on one in the mid range. So very great night for him in terms of shooting the basketball inside the arc. Um, and the threes, he was able to hit threes as well. He was able to do his job with the threes. Um, he just did everything right tonight. His defense was, consistent i felt like again his finishing was really strong and i think he's still hovering around my mid 60s in terms of finishing which is the number you ideally want him at also got to the line um eight times this game so again getting that free throw rate up being able to get to the line play that bully ball he just did everything right to make made all the right moves can't really complain can't really yeah complain. and there was this one take in the fourth quarter where he really used his body to get um and one on Isaiah Stewart. And I really thought like that's that's progress right there. Cause like he would like 
there are times where he would drive into the basket and, you know, that contact really bothers him or, you know, he just wouldn't take a str- as strong of a take. So for him to have these type of takes in his repertoire and, and hopefully he can continue to consistently do that, I think it will be it'll bode well for his future as well as the future of the team. Yes, I um, think the RJ that's um the RJ that plays like this is like yeah the RJ that plays like this consist on a consistent basis, especially if Brunson who we who we probably get into now is playing like that as well. Like that's a very good one-two punch that can really screw this lead this team for like the next decade ish. So. I guess we could talk about Brunson now since that was a good segue. Yes. So Brunson, I thought tonight he really had it going, but like I thought like as soon as the lead started to dissipate, I saw I saw like he was like, all right, now it's time to like take control. He started realizing um he had mismatches, which was something that RJ did well as well tonight, really well. Um, realizing that when you have a mismatch, take advantage of it. And Jalen Brunson, he had like Killian Hayes on him a couple of times, just backed him down into post. Um, and hit some really nice fadeaway um, shots over him. Um, had this and one as well, which was which was really clutch. But um, yeah, you know, this is what you want to see from him. You know, you're hoping that it comes at a consistent um, rate and against you know higher opponents as well. Because the 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 couple of times that we've seen Jalen Brunson take over have been against the Charlotte Hornets and the Detroit Pistons. You want to, you kind of want to see if this effort will, not this effort, but like if this type of takeover ability can happen and will happen against um, higher opponents. We've seen him do stuff like this in the playoffs, so it is not too high of an ask. But we would like to see this more consistent from him. But yeah, I did like to see him take over in that fourth quarter, not just in scoring terms, but just like controlling the flow of the game as well, just making sure you know everyone got the ball where they needed to. Um, not rushing possession, stuff like that. So, yeah. Yeah, this quarter and the um, in the second quarter, sorry, the fourth quarter, he 11 points, four or seven from the field, two assists, a steal. He did everything. Really, that second half, I feel like he did a lot of his damage in the second half. Mm-hmm. He had 16 in the second half, five and nine from the field. And he just controlled the tempo of the game. He dictated he dictated a lot of the outcome in this game and you can't say enough about how he played well. Um, I think the first, first half, I will say that he definitely did the whole, like, I'm going to take a backseat thing and wait for my spots. And I would like him to get started earlier, but if he's going to finish strong like that, then it's not as much of a problem. (laughs) Granted it's against worse competition. So I would like to see him do it um, quicker, but all in all, still a good night for him, still a positive night for him. And I think the thing I want to focus on the most is eight free throws. Yes. Eight free throws. He's getting to the line a lot. Just like off his last couple of games alone, he had eight free throws tonight, five free throws against Brooklyn, um, nine free throws against um, Philly last week Friday. So, like, he's getting to the line a lot. He's making his points count. And that's what you want to see. I feel like. The team so far, the offense has been pretty solid, and I feel like a large part of that has been the fact that there's an emphasis on getting to the paint, and there's an emphasis on finishing in the paint, which is why the top three scorers on this team, two of which who have never really been good paint finishers on the Knicks, are shooting well above 50% from the two-point line, or inside the arc, rather. So I like the emphasis on getting to the paint. I like the emphasis of putting pressure on the paint and getting to the line as well. And when your mid three combines for 21 free throws, that's a good night. Yes, it is. Um, Getting to the last member of the mid three, which I did not mention in my intro. um, Number 30 finished with, let me see. It was like 20, 21, 21, five assists, five assists, eight for 18 from the field. The one glaring thing that really sticks out is the 0 for seven from three. Um, I felt like the defense was really like for like really just welcoming him into that shot. Um, again, this goes back to the Memphis, the, not the Memphis game. I'm watching Memphis on the TV. That's why it's in my head. But um, Minnesota, it goes back to the Minnesota game where he took all those threes and they were going in. 
I feel like ever since then, teams have been welcoming him into this three-point shot because of that game. Um, and he's been taking it a lot. Um, but I felt other than that, I felt like he kind of – he played pretty well within the flow of the offense. He didn't really try to hijack that many possessions, I think. Like, for, to my knowledge, he played pretty well within his role. He was pretty quiet. The, the, the loudest thing were the missed threes because he took so many of them, seven threes, and he missed all of them. So I would just I would just say like focus more on getting to the paint. Um, there were a couple of drives where um, not even a couple of drives, but there were a couple of, like plays where Jalen Brunson or someone else found him rolling to the paint. So I would just say try to focus more on those type of actions rather than the three pointers because that's what the defense is like. They want you to take, and at this point, just just chill on them because you make them when you need to, but. Right now, just get to the paint, get those easier baskets at this moment. Yeah, I'm not going to get mad at him for taking seven threes back again. He was on a heater in the last couple of games. Um, I like the fact that he basically abandoned it, I want to say, midway. In the second half, really, he wasn't really taking a lot of threes. Um, I wish I could check that real quick. But, you know, like, he took two threes in the second half. Yeah, two threes yeah, in the second that, half. That was within, like, the first, like, three minutes of the – third quarter yeah. and after that he stopped yeah and i feel like i can check the first quarter real quick too yeah in the first quarter he took three threes and in the second quarter he took um two so like he kind of understood after a while like okay i don't have it tonight i'm just gonna get to my spots inside the arc and he did that really well eight of 11 from two point range again it's what you want to see the fact that he was able to pull up 21 points on 18 shots with missing zero um seven threes means that he was able to do his damage without the paint. He got to the line. He hit his shot inside the arc. Again, another strong game from the mid-three in terms of inside the arc efficiency. Uh, he finished 7-of-7 seven seven at the rim. That is a good night for Julius. When you're finishing 7-of-7 seven seven at the rim, that's a good night. So can't complain about that. Um, I feel like he was able to play within himself within the offense and he was still able to do the things that he does. So I'm not I'm not too upset. I'm not too upset about his performance, even though the, the seven threes missed is a little rough. But ultimately he was able to do what he needed to do for the offense and I expect him to rebound with threes. I don't expect him to go over seven again. Oh yeah. I mean I, w- I was okay with his performance. I didn't have that many angry tweets about him. Um, I think the only angry tweet that I had um, was he took a contested mid-post ISO um, in the fourth quarter when the lead was going down, which I really didn't think was the best shot at that moment because I think it was it was it was helping fuel because right after he missed it, Hartenstein tried to go over the back on Burks and then that led to more free throws, cutting the lead down even more. So I just thought it was just like I I thought it was going to start a snowball of like bad like trips for the Knicks and the Pistons end up cutting the lead down even further because we've seen this story so many times with the Knicks it's like you just you just you're just hoping that the inevitable doesn't happen there but um I did like the I, I will I would say I, I did like the extra pass he had at the end of the um at the end of the first half he had an open three he didn't take it thankfully and he passed it to RJ who had a um better shot and who had it going from three tonight. Um, yeah. And he got him that basket. And I I thought that helped RJ keep rolling. So commendable, commendable move number 30. You could say his name, bro. No. I, I, if I could apologize to RJ Barrett, you can say the man's name. It's not the same level. Not the same level. Dude, you are a hater first. <laughs> not the same <laughs> level. Um. But yeah, going back to the game, I'd even mention Hartenstein was in the starting lineup. Thibs did another change. It seems like the starting lineup's gonna be fluid now, I guess, with certain players, I guess. Like I guess we know the mainstays and who's fluid to move around at this point. Um Hartenstein started, um Sims kind of struggled. Um I feel like he's not really he's not really ready to be the starter yet, I don't think. Um he's yeah. like you can play him in like spot minutes here and there like he did tonight. But like having him start games, I don't think that really is the best the best thing right now. Um, I think Hartenstein fits better. He's more seasoned. 
um, as a player. So, yeah, I didn't have a problem with that move right there. Grimes got some run today. Um, yeah, had a and nice, he played well. Yeah, he had a nice drive. Um, I thought he played some pretty decent defense, and, you know, he had a three. So he definitely looks healthier now. He looks healthier. Maybe the foot just needed an extra couple days of rest. But, yeah, he definitely looks healthier now. You're hoping that, you know, he eventually takes all of Evan Fournier's 11 minutes that he played tonight because Evan Fournier just didn't need to play tonight. Like, holy shit. I was just like, wow. Um, Like, when – and, the man, I, I guess we'll get into this as comments roll in because they'll probably reference this. But there was a stretch in the game where two players on the court did not need to be on the court at the same time. Um. But before we get into comments and before we do everyone's favorite part, um, again, um, around the seven-minute mark of the second quarter, um, there was a new lineup presented to us on the court. Um, it was Obi and Randall, but it was surrounded by Grimes, RJ, and Brunson. Um, I thought they looked okay. It was an okay look, but, you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take some time for that, that unit to, like, get some cohesion as most of the units on the Knicks need some time to get cohesion. But I thought it was just really interesting to see Thibodeau actually try something that fans probably have been wanting for like as long as we've that, been asking for this stuff. That feels like a closing lineup that they're probably going to go to late in the season. I hope so. Because I think Grimes will probably be starting like – I want to say Grimes will be starting by like December. I, like, so. I think I, I think he's starting by December, and I think Cam is probably to be backing him up or backing up RJ because RJ's been playing like a lot of minutes because we don't have a backup wing. Um, but yeah, I I think that's a lineup that we're probably going to go to a lot, and this is the first time they get to see it because Grimes is the first time being healthy. But yeah, Grimes played well. Um, I did like that drive that he took. Um. I was a big fan of that drive because I'm like, if he can do that consistently, especially in this lineup where he's going to need to do a lot of attacking closeouts, that makes it that that's a lot of promise for somebody in that lineup. Like, especially when you have Mitch coming back, hopefully. So like being able to just like kick out to Mitch or like dump it off to Mitch or even kick out to like a shooter in the corner, being able to do that as like your fourth option, essentially on, on offense, that's really powerful. It's very potent. Um, but yeah. And the fact that, Quentin Grimes is the only situational person in Tom Thibodeau's lifetime who actually got minutes. Kind of shows you that, yeah, but they want to play him. Like, clearly he isn't situational for the sake of being situational. He's situational because he needs to get his minutes and he needs to get his run back. So, yeah, I could definitely see him getting a little, like, going from, like, eight minutes to maybe, like, 12 to 15 and then, like, maybe starting or, like, getting solid rotation minutes and just and every four days just, like, not playing, or Derrick Rose just not playing. Yeah. Um, I'd be an advocate for both of them not playing. But, yeah, I thought that lineup really presented something because it provided, like, a set, the essential spacing that you kind of want in the modern NBA, especially the way Obi's been playing lately. It just, like, opens up the floor so much for, like, whenever someone's open, they can just – they, you know, want to get drive into the paint off of a closeout. The paint is wide open because there's so many players available on the perimeter. You have Obi, you have Randall, who I don't want taking threes, but you know, you can he can attack closeouts easier in that lineup because the paint is wide open. Um, you have pick and roll opportunities, pick and pop opportunities. You just have so many things that you can try with that lineup, and like. You can mix and match players out of that lineup. You could put Cam, you could put IQ, you can swap out so many different players in those in that type of lineup. But the main thing that you, you want to have with an Obi Randall lineup is perimeter defenders that will be able to stop that dribble penetration. So that way that rim protection isn't an issue. Um, but yeah, before we get into comments, everyone's favorite part of these streams. And if you're listening to the audio version, I bet you just like skip right over this part. Shout out to you. Um, but yeah, um, the NBA fans, the wait is over. Basketball is back. So tip off the season with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make any $5 NBA money line bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Check this out. 
In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings up to 100% with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt-in, and place a stepped-up same-game parlay today. With payouts bigger than ever, DraftKings Sportsbook is where I go to bet on the NBA. Man, I am so sorry. I hope no one took my bet that I gave out last time because that was horrible. I said take Luca's overs. Luca struggled and the Mavericks lost. Holy cow. Oh man. Um I man, I I don't want to give out anything for tomorrow because I don't want to be responsible for people losing money. So, um the one game I do like though, um Bradley Beal is going to be out tomorrow. Kyle Kuzma does play well when you know, Bradley Beal is out. I will say that they're playing against the Jazz. You know who's been playing well for the Jazz if you've been paying attention to NBA basketball. So do with that information as you will. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN as you see in the corner of your screen. Make any $5 bet this week and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes or show description for details. All right. Am I free? Huh? Yes. Yes. Thank you. All right. Let's get to some comments. Brian Benjamin, who's always here during the games and comments. Shout out to him. I will read one of his comments to get us started. Um, Obi may have only five points, but watching him play, I think he's operating at a way higher level than anyone on the team. Also, is RJ the best lob passer on the team? Um, he's one of the best. I think it's probably quickly. Yes. It's quickly. He, but RJ probably like second. Yeah, I said, yeah. Yeah, he's like one of the best. Um, he has some really good lobs. As for the OB point, um, nah, because Brunson has been like on it. Like, I don't think people are realizing what Brunson's doing. And I have, he has his faults, especially like being able to just coast through games. But Brunson is literally giving you like 20 and seven on like 62 shooting almost. It is absolutely nuts what Brunson is doing so far. And the part about it is like, it's sustainable because this is what he's done his entire career. He's just getting more shots to do it with. Like, Brunson is easily, easily an all-star in this league right now. So, like, yeah, I, I think Brunson is probably playing at the highest level in the team right now because I think he's literally an all-star. And I Obi's, really, not, Obi's not too far behind, though, I would yeah, say. I, I would yeah, I, I, I absolutely think Obi's been, like, really good in, this, um, in the early game so far. But, like, I just kind of feel like that's discrediting like, how good Brunson has been so far. Definitely. Um, but, yeah. Um, and to your other point, RJ, I, I would say RJ is one of the best lob passers. I would say Emmanuel is probably better at it um, than him because I think Obi IQ's just had more experience playing with someone like Obi, um, so he's been able to just work on that consistently over the years. Um, all right, let's let's go. Um, Ace Bouchard says, "Where is Tyrese's Randall jersey?" It's in the closet. All right, there's the answer to that. Um, ZMP323 says, RJ and Brunson have seem to have developed some nice chemistry. There was this one play I really liked um, that everyone probably loves, but I do want to highlight it. Um, it's where Jalen Brunson drove um, to the paint, I think. And then he kicked it out to RJ, who's in yeah. the corner. RJ drove towards the paint, kicked it back oh, over wow. his head to um, J- JB. JB hit the three. But yeah, that's just some great synergy. You know, as the year goes on, you're just hoping that this develops even further, um, which most likely it will, because those two are two players with some really high feel. Um, I think when it comes to getting in, when it gets, when they get in rhythm, um, but especially Jalen Brunson. So yeah, I think they'll definitely be able to gain some more of that chemistry and we'll see more plays like that happen more naturally. Yep. I I agree. I I have liked like I think they struggled with chemistry early in the season, but I feel like the mid three as a whole has been like really synergistic li- lately. Um 
I think there was that one play where like uh, RJ and Julius are running the break after like a turnover and like RJ able to pass it to Julius. And we saw like in the Minnesota game where like Julius like is like heads up and was able to like find art like use RJ um passing to like get camera shots. So I feel like all of them are like finding opportunities to get each other involved, which is really nice. So I like the fact that they've been like committed to making this work as much as possible. So so far, so good. The the returns on the mid three have been as advertised. Like they're good, but they're mid. Yeah, as long as we don't get as many games against the Nets as we did, then you know we'll see how things go. Um, Menno says that apology was character progression right there. <laughs> oh man, that's gonna be clips, dude. Oh, oh yeah. It is. If you are now tuning in, scroll to the beginning of the live stream to see Tyrese's apology to Rowan Alexander Barrett for all the slander. So if you're just now tuning in, because I see there's a bunch of people coming in now. So if you're just now tuning in, just scroll to the beginning of the the live stream. Um, Menno F also says that IQ3, IQ3 off the off the RJ drive at the end was big, man. Hopefully it helps. Hopefully it gets him going. Okay. Man, I cannot speak I, anymore. Man, like, bro, I want IQ to be good so bad. I just want him to be good before, like, January, dude. That's all I want. I, like, he plays so well. With at everybody, <laughs> and, and like his office just dies for like two months at a time. It's so so frustrating. But then when his office is clicking, he's on fire, and you can't stop him. Like, yeah, like I don't think people understand how good post All Star break Emmanuel quickly was. Like he was literally 45, 40, 85. Like, and he was putting up like fifteen points and ten shots a game, and getting to the line like five times a game. Like. He was really, really good. Like that game against Miami, where he basically took over and had 20 points in the fourth quarter. Like that is what Emmanuel quickly can do. Like Emmanuel quickly is a prime talent in this league. Maybe we'll be an All Star, but like the dude can play and the dude can play really, really well. So like I want him to get, I want to get him going. I want to see Obi get going as well. Um, usually it's the inverse where like Obi struggles to start the season and quickly is like having some good games, his closing out games, but like. <laughs> it's kind of flip where Obi's been able to shoot a lot more. And like speaking of shooting from Obi, like that one play where like he basically just like runs a flare screen and like shoots in the corner because his man was falling asleep. And I'm like, what? It's like and it went in for like Steve Novak and it's like Obi Toppin. Dude, like move, movement three relocation threes from Obi Toppin is nuts. And it went in. I know. The Not the is crazy. And it was a quarter three. You know he'd be shooting like zero air balls, like, air balls from there. So that's looked, huge development. Like only top at quarter three. Look at the dude who like competes for like the car doing the half court shot every time. Like it just goes. So like the fact that he'd be able to improve on that in the early going of the season is really encouraging. Um, side note: RJ Barrett is up to twenty points for twenty points per game in the season. So nice. Uh, yeah. <laughs> He's basically at last season's averages with a better efficiency, and he hasn't even shot three well yet. So, like, once his three ball picks back up, yeah, solid, solid. Yeah, everybody's just solid on this team. It's really nice. <clears throat> I wish there was a better coach, but we don't, have, we don't have to talk about him today. No, I will talk about him for another comment, though. But um, when we get there, we'll get there. Um, but, yeah, um. IQ, yes. A lot of people, I've seen a lot of criticism about him on the timeline. I have addressed some of that criticism on the timeline. Um, IQ, the scoring is down. Yes, the scoring is not what we expect it to be um, going into year three, especially after how he ended last year. I know it's very frustrating for fans to see him struggle with his shot, especially when, you know, that's what's advertised as the biggest thing with Emmanuel Cookley. But I feel like that also diminishes so much of what he does well. He has one of the team's better better rebounders. He's one of the team's better defenders. He's one of the team's better um, distributors. There's a reason why he has he finished tonight's game. He was part of the closing lineup, which was JB, IQ, RJ, number 30, and Hartenstein. Um, 
I feel like, what? Why are you shaking your head? You can say the man's name. No, I'm not. Christ. I'm not. I don't understand what yes, is so hard about that. Hard, but, but yeah, I will say this. Um, there's a reason why he fit, he ended tonight's game. Like he didn't. He wasn't like dropping like 25 tonight or even 15, which would be a great Emmanuel Quigley game. But the fact that he's able to do all these other things well and, like, the fan base just is so, like, blind to it is so annoying. Like, yes, the scoring and the shooting percentages is very frustrating, but, like, you're ignoring all the other things he does well, which is so annoying. And, like, there's other parts of basketball that contribute to winning, and he does those very well as well. So there's my spiel on Emmanuel quickly. Emmanuel quickly is a good basketball player and is a winning basketball player, and that should be embraced instead of being discredited because he doesn't do the things well enough, yada yada, blah blah blah. Like he's a good player, embrace that. Yes. So fans scoring isn't everything. Yes, it is probably the most fun part about Emmanuel quickly's game, especially when he has it going. But appreciate the other parts of his game too; they're very much important. Um, Jordan Bubb says D Rose and Forney minutes need to go as soon as Grimes is able to play more minutes. Here we are. Here's the here's the comment that I was waiting for to address Mr. Um Thomas Thibbs. Um fourth quarter, there was a point where D Rose and Fournier are on the court at the same time. And I was like, what are we doing here? Like is is this is this how we're gonna lose the game? Like, is it because is it gonna be because Dibs just wanted to play those two together? But yeah, I was not a fan of those two getting minutes together. Definitely would never do that again. And this was against the Pistons, the Pistons against Killian Hayes. Like, come on, <laughs> Killian Hayes and Alec Burke's revenge game. Alec Iverson, shout out to him. Um, yeah, facts. Shout out Alec Burks, by the way. Yeah, he had 17 points tonight. Shout out him. But um, yeah, I was just like, what are we doing here against the Pistons? Like Grimes, you played Grimes in the first half and he looked good. Like, why not just you know, I know you want to ease him back into his role due to conditioning, all that other stuff, but like having Fournier out there was just like a tire fire. Like there was a play, I forgot what happened. I try to erase all of his memories. I feel like the player you might be talking about is like when like he gets the steal, and or like somebody on the team gets a steal, he goes through the outlet path and then he throws it back to the Pistons. Yes, there we go. Thank you. Like my mind, my mind erased that from like my from my head because I was just thinking about the two bunnies that he missed early in the game too. So look, I I liked Evan Fournier in twenty twenty. I advocated for signing him. It didn't work out. You, you gotta. Uh, I feel like you gotta kind of. You kind of have to cut bait here. It, it it might be time to cut bait. Um, again, I referenced the fact that San Antonio has like twenty million dollars in cash space that they're doing nothing with. Uh, I referenced the fact that you have four, count them, four additional first round draft picks you are not going to use all of those picks. I think you can realistically take the Bucks pick, give it to San Antonio, rid yourself of Evan Fournier, and give those minutes to Cam. And I am not Cam fan by any means, but he is better than Evan Fournier. I'm just apologizing for everything tonight. This is really, really, <laughs> really a lot of character growth for me. I hope you're all proud. But... Yeah, I, I think it's time to kind of just. It's over, Evan. It's yeah. over. It's. We are getting on to. He was a good dude. Watch. My son, my guy was brought into shoot. He can't even shoot. Yeah, like last year, at least you could say, well, he's a good shooter, a great shooter. Even he was like a top five shooter in the league. Last now year. it's like. And now he just he's is just like a French dude just running out there in a jersey for free. Like like Killian Hayes and Evan Fournier were the court at the same time, and I swear the entire nation of France just wept. <laughs> they were just like, oh we, we, we like oh my oh that was it's a bad look for France out there, man. Man, bad the, statue, look for France. the Statue of Liberty was like disgusted. 
Like they saw that shit and they was like, really? This was the gift you bring to the Americans? Like Tony Parker was out here fucking, he would have smacked him in the damn locker room afterwards if he had to see this shit, man. Like this was Dude, Frederick Weiss would volleyball on them. Like, that's how bad it looked, man. Killian hey, do Killian even have even have a family? He needs to be a family, man. Like He's like he's like twenty one. I don't think his family is his mom and dad. Probably well, he, needs to his, to, his, he needs to get tattoos. Fuck, fuck, I get tattoos, bro. You need to get some more shots up in the gym. If you're getting tattoos, bro. Like, but, spend, spend um, your VC better. I think Jordan Bub also addressed this 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 situation, and I think he offered a alternative. He said, "Well, I don't play Cam or RJ or Cam for RJ instead of Fournier, who's playing like a guy who just doing cardio runs who." I just said French guy doing runs out there for free um, because Cam was showing you a little something in the third quarter. Yeah, he had that nice um, finish in the paint. Um, and he, he Cam is just like really not trying to get in anyone's way, which I'm appreciating. He's not really trying to do too much. Like there was a there was one play. There's like been a couple plays where Julius has passed the ball to him, I think, kind of late on like some, some fines of the basket. But Cam has done a good job of like bringing it out instead of like trying to force it up, which I think he would have done um previously but he's been doing a pretty good job of like you know being patient with the ball um trying to like not force anything which is very much appreciated but yeah i mean he uh, cam is cam is at least providing like something on the defensive end if he's not doing anything offensively spectacular um in terms of like hitting threes which not a lot of knicks could hit threes tonight so not really gonna hold that to to him in that regard but he was playing some defense so you know anything is better than Fournier what Fournier is doing out there I will say that he's mid but he still deserves minutes over Fournier um yeah Taz says I have no faith in the Obi Randall lineup with Randall in drop could switch or use their speed to trap or hedge hard but nope Thibs only plays one way yes respect, another comment respect Another comment addressing the Thibs portion of tonight, because um, although we won, there are some things that are still concerning for the long term because, you know, as long as this guy is here, certain things are just going to continue as is because that's just the way the guy is. Um, but, yeah, I think when we play with the Obi Randall lineup, especially when you have capable defenders like RJ or Cam or Grimes or IQ in, if you have any of those four in with those two, I think you can switch perfectly fine and the defense will not really struggle. Um, we've also seen that Randall and Obi have looked pretty decent on the perimeter. They're quick on their feet. Randall has I mean, Obi has gotten better. Randall has been consistently one of the players that's been good switching onto smaller players. So I don't really see an, a reason for us not to do it because the, the personnel is capable. It's not like they're incapable of doing it. Yeah, I just, I, I don't know. We won, but I'm still kind of like, we were in a dogfight with the Pistons. So, like, Yeah, I mean, they started to come back. The lead was cut almost to five. Without Cade Cunningham, mind you. If Cade Cunningham's in this game, we probably lose it. Which isn't good. If he has it going. Because he's been having some rough patches. True. Like, Bogdan Bogdanovich won us up, bro. Like... How I see is Stewart getting his game off. Livers, Livers, yeah, Livers came through. Livers late. started lining us up late in that game. I think Livers had all of his points in the fourth quarter. Yeah, all of his points were in the fourth quarter for Livers, and Alec Burks was big bunny AB giving us buckets, consistent, solid. Once a Nick, always a Nick. If we had One lost the- on the backs of an Alec Burks revenge game, oh my man, gosh. Look, in, his, in his first game of the season, that would have been hilarious. Thibs would have to get fired immediately after the game. Man, shit, you are the reason, because Thibs would be the, Thibs is like partially the reason why we traded AB, because he utilized him the wrong way and was just like, you know what? We don't need him. Give me Alec Burks back. I don't know. Man, I need, I need that in the garden once again, dude. I'll, I'll take him back. Get whatever they want. Like what? Birch is the, yeah, I know, I agree. Birch should still be here, not the French scrub, basically. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah that, imagine that. Imagine like Derek, just trade Derrick Rose or Alec Birch, bro. Send the euros back to Detroit. He, don't, I know he got a place down there. 
Yeah. He gets a mentor K cut again. Where his Daishiki hat or whatever the hell he wearing on his head. His, his little. I don't know, but like, yeah, his little fez. It's a fez. There we go. Um. Yeah, give me big money, AB. ZMP three two three says RJ is up to fifty four percent true shooting now. Yep. Um. I think Julius is at fifty seven. I think Bronson is at. Bronson might be at sixty. I, yeah, I was about to say, isn't Brunson at like 60 or close to 60? He was, he was close to 60, and then the Nets game happened, and now he's back to 58. Okay, he's back to 58. So, yeah, he's he's basically added, like, what he was last year in terms of, like, um, efficiency, which is nuts to think about. And With more usage, right? Uh, his usage has actually been that much higher. Like, mm, his usage. Okay. That's interesting. So, like, his usage in Dallas was 21.5, and his usage in New York is 22.7. I wonder if it's also because like we do see some some games where RJ gets more usage. We su- we see some games where thirty gets more usage. So I wonder if that's contributing to that. I- I'm telling you, I'm telling you, man. <laughs> By the end of the season, you're at least gonna say his name in full once. <laughs> no. Once. <laughs> no. Um. So um. Which, yeah. What else? What other comments we have but, here? Like, 54, 54 true shooting without hitting his threes. That's good. That's very good. So very encouraging because once, once he three did, started in Jalen Brunson too. Jalen Brunson's only shooting thirty point six percent from three, and he's getting to live four point times a game, four point five times a game, which is really nice. Like man, I really can't speak enough about JB because he's just so solid, and like he doesn't take shots either, which is the thing. Like he's only taking fifteen shots a game. Imagine if JB took like seventeen. 18 shots. And, like, he took more than four threes a game. If he took, like, six or seven threes a game and, like, 18 shots a game, man, like, he'd be ridiculous. But we'll take it. We'll take what we get. Not complaining. He's good. We'll not complain. I'm not complaining about good point guard play because I need that. Yep, because, you know. We have been, been lacking it for too many years. It's been rough out here. It's been it's been a struggle. Um, Jordan Bub, Obi is showing us more out of his bag each game, from pull up midi to off ball cut to corner for um, wide open three. And if Obi has decent pull up game and become a good movement shooter, how will you stop him? I mean, yeah, he's showing. I like that he's showing us a little more each and every time. Um, that pull up midi really caught me by surprise because yeah, like, that came out of nowhere too. I was like, whoa. But yeah, it's very it's just very encouraging to see him, you know. He he the thing the thing that, that's most important about these attempts and at least him making it now is confidence because I feel like that's something that he didn't have the first part of the first half of last season. Um and most of his rookie year, he just didn't have any confidence. Um but yeah, he's showing the confidence now that he's willing to take these shots and he's making them, so it's very encouraging. I mean, he's doing it all in limited time too. And what's also encouraging about him making it is that it's forcing Thibs to play the Obi Randall lineup more and tr- experiment with more variations of that lineup. So that's the best thing about him hitting his shots right now. Yep. Him him being able to shoot and be a, a credible floor spacer opens up the ceiling for this team immensely because then you could do three big lineups, you can run small ball lineups, you can run like micro ball items if you wanted to if you wanted to do something like iq grimes rj um ob randall like you can run things with him at the four and the five even successes with him in three it just makes him a better player to use from this team and i think oh i think dibs even used um ob at the three in the nets game i believe but we didn't even talk about it because there was just so much other bullshit to get to. But yeah, he tried Obi at the three in that game, and like people mentioned it in the comments that I like scrolled past because like I'm not bringing up anything like positive right now. Like fuck that. Yeah. Like, but yeah, he did try that, which was also I think he tried it in that game and he tried it in another game. So um, Obi at the three has been something that you know Dibs has been willing to try. Um, you know he he he's been willing to experiment more this year, but he still has his he still has his things that he still needs to clean up, which is a lot of other stuff. But it is encouraging to see him test out these lineups that we have been 
literally screaming at the top of our lungs for on Twitter. Um, yeah. Let's see. All right, hold up. I'm about to sneeze. Holy shit. Never mind. It's gone. Meno F says, y'all think we beat OKC next game? They just smacked Toronto without Pascal. Don't ask, um, me, about, don't ask me about that game. Um, I will say this. OKC, they have been... Uh, they have been a pretty... I'd say they've been a pretty decent, pretty okay, good team this year. They've been okay, see? Yeah, they've been okay. See, yes. That was a banger. That's a banger. That's a banger. Oh, chat, chat. Tell me that's not a banger. That's a banger. Come on, hype me up. Thank you. Anyway, uh, yeah, uh, Van Vliet sucks. So like, I don't. And OG. No, I mean like, I mean Shea has been like ridiculous to start this year. Um, I gotta check the box score to see how much he had tonight. 20, he had 24 and 3. Okay. The what happened was Eugene Omarui lit them up for 22 points on 8 of 10 shooting and 5 of 6 and 3. Isn't that the dude that was from Oregon? I think sure. he's from Oregon. I have no idea where he's from, bro. All yeah, he went to Oregon. He went to Oregon. I remember watching him in a March Madness game. Yeah, but like, he went to Oregon. He lit them up. I didn't know he was a three point shooter. What the hell? He, he played like a he played he played like a small big man in he's in, not a in Oregon. Shooter. He's I'm not. He's not. Yeah, because I remember in Oregon he used to. So we got to look out for dudes like him against but us. Like, in the games that he played, he hit one of three, and then this game he just straight up went off. Wow. Okay. Um. Yeah, that's the BS that would happen against his number is ninety seven. He has a my cre- He has a creative player number, bro. Like, oh my gosh. <laughs> dog. This team is real. This team is not real. It wasn't even a shade game. If it was a shade game, I'd be like, all right, I get it. Yeah, no. it was like an. It was like a pretty all around game for them. But I mean, they also we shot know what they forty two percent from three. So like, yeah, the game is fake. Well. You know, against us, that type of stuff can happen. It has happened before. 42% shooting night is not crazy. I mean, tonight we played the Pistons, so it wasn't a crazy D-point shooting night. But against OKC, if they really, like, dig into that driving kick stuff that has been working against us, um, and they have more capable shooters, I believe, um, not really that scared of... um, Actually, I'm not even sure who their shooters are, honestly. They don't got no shooters. But, like, see, that's the thing. That's the type of – they, again, they're the type of team that would still, like, go if off Lou, against us. Lou Dort, if Lou Dort lights us up, man, I don't know. Be careful what you wish. careful what you wish. 24% for three. If Lou Dort lights us up, then this team deserves every bit of slander they get on Sunday. Like – if I had to watch an 11 a.m. game, because I'm an hour behind, mind you, I have to watch an 11 a.m. game hammered out of my mind off a hangover and Lou Dorse lining us up, then I'm literally going to be eclectic. Like, I'm going to be so... I mean, we we had Edmund Sumner just, like, light us up the other day. Nothing you know what, is fair, impossible. Man. Nothing is impossible fair. versus the Knicks, bro. Damn, you're right, dude. I'm just, I'm just saying. I'm just saying, don't. Isaiah, Isaiah don't, Levers is going to be playing in Turkey in two years. And he really gave us <laughs> 11 points in the fourth quarter. What am I even saying? Dude? Like, Trey Mann is going to get his off, and I'm just going to be pissed. I mean, didn't he get his shit off of the last time he, we played against them in MSG? Yeah, that's why we gave him his best game as a pro. Yeah, so I'm just saying, folks. Josh Giddy had a triple-double. They beat us in overtime. Oh, God, Pokushev, she's going to give us, like, 30. Oh, God. Um. All right, JL says, when the Pistons got to down a six-point game, fourth in the fourth, I saw visions of Johnny Bryant coach. <laughs> LOL, too uh, bad Brunson didn't allow that to happen. <laughs> bro, bro Sims needs to give like Brunson all of his game checks. Because Brunson is single-handedly like, like Brunson, it's like a lesser extent, RJ and Julius are saving his job. Like, 
Tim Tom Thibodeau would not be avoided right now if Jalen Brunson was on this team. Like Jalen Brunson is literally just going, all right, dude, I'm gonna drew, I'm gonna give you like 65 true shooting nights, give you like 20 and seven, and you're gonna be employed because my dad knows you and has been and like my agent has known you since I was like three. Like Jalen Brunson is single-handedly gonna keep this team afloat and keep his job. It's nasty. Man. Nah, like I'm telling, oh man, it's nah. I saw I saw visions of the the notification on my phone that said Tom Thibodeau has been released of his duties. But again, like you said, Jalen Brunson did not allow that to happen. So we we live to have Thibs another day, unfortunately. Um, all right, we got bots in the chat now. Ooh, we've made it to this point in our YouTube careers now. We had bots in the chat. Um, but shout out yeah. to um shout out to all the bots. <laughs> um Jay also says, don't care about the OKC game. I need a big performance from RJ in the jazz game. Oh, yeah. The jazz game. Man, Donovan Mitchell, he's like he's like annoyingly keeps bringing up like how he was almost traded to the Knicks. He wanted to be a Nick. Like if this is not the this is not the way of him saying yeah I wanted to be a Nick yeah I thought it was gonna be a Nick he wants to be a Nick well he's, he's, he's not, not right so he needs to like get over it because like even, I've never seen even Cavs fans are like yo can he like shut up <laughs> it's like it's so annoying dude I'm telling you I'm telling you like if he didn't get traded it's like literally the perfect situation in terms of like Cavs space owner and like young talent on the team swift. God, he would have been a Nick in three years. But, like, now he's going to get that nice, calm little Supermax, and he's going to be chilling in the land for the rest of his career. But, like, dude wanted to be a Nick bad. Like, bad. Well, dude was talking about building houses here. He already spent all his time here anyway. He's a rabid-ass Mets fan. Like, of well, course he wanted to be a Nick. He's not. So all parties need to move on including Mr. Mitchell himself. Um, but yeah, I do need RJ to go off in that jazz game because jazz fans are very much obsessed with us. Um, even, oh, nasty, even... out of nowhere too, just because of the Dan Trey rumors, they've been like, oh, you know, the jazz. They're like, oh, thank you, Cleveland, for sending us Larry Marketing, who's so much better than like RJ and all the Knicks players. It's like, all right, relax. I mean, like, this season they got an argument, but like, it, yeah, let, but like, let's 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 just wait for the season to you know even out. This is some you know early season. They, they high off the early season vibes. I know how that feels. I was high off the early season vibes last year. I know how it feels. Larry Marketing is a damn merchant. And he will come. He will come back to Earth very, very quickly. I don't yeah. care. And the Mickey I'm Mouse, the, the Mickey, the Mickey Mouse, the the Mickey Mouse season will will will, will die down. Will die down. The the Julius 2020, the Rose in 2021, Laurie Marketing will wear off soon. Big trust. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Jazz fans, they're not as prevalent, so it's like it doesn't bother me that much. Um, it doesn't bother me as much as um. OKC fans pretending that their team is not tanking. Well, yeah, because the Jazz so. are fucking their cousin right now. So, like, oh hey. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, Spen- yeah. And what's for Spencer Keel? Anyway. Um, oh, my gosh. Jazz fans in my mentions, oh, no, the damn Mormons are going to come. Oh, I'm so scared. God country. Oh. Um, but Jordan Bob brings up a good point in this question. He says, how does Thibs slow down SGA? Well... Maple syrup on the ground because he's Canadian. Um, I know that... Um, what you call it? I know that SGA has been making a living off of drives to the paint. So it's going to be interesting to see how we stop the paint um, advances by Shea. Um, he's not someone that's going to really kill us from three, which is something that really bothers. But his driving ability may open up the three-point opportunities for other people on the team, um, whoever the personnel may be out there for OKC. I'm not really familiar with their, their personnel all too much. Um, I know Lou Dort is someone that was really good from three tonight, but like you mentioned, he's not been good on the season, which is 
always a prime candidate for someone to go off against us. Um, Trey Mann took 10 threes tonight, only hit three, due for a good game after a shitter like that. So, And he's someone that went off against us last time. So, again, just something to watch out for. Um, but, yeah, I think Shea's going to use those drives to open up the three-point game for his teammates. Um, but, yeah, I'm just – it's going to be interesting to see how Thibs approaches that, who he, who he throws on Shea. Um, he might throw RJ on him because um, Shea isn't the fastest guard, which is which would be to RJ's advantage because he does play – he doesn't play that well when he's guarding someone that is um, much quicker than him. So I think having um, him on Shea would be good. Um, but, yeah. I agree. Um, I just – I think that you can use RJ's advantage against Shea. Because, yeah, I don't, want to, I don't want to see him in foul trouble. So it is a um, – your mileage may vary situation. But, yeah, I just don't want the damn OKC scrubs to light us up, bro. Like, if Shea gives us 50, whatever. Shea gave us 50. But if the damn OKC team is just going to shoot, like, lights out from three, and then Lou Dor's going to find himself, and, like, whatever. Josh Giddy will, like, purify himself on the fucking lake of Minnetonka. I'm going to be heated. That's what I don't want to happen. That's all, I, that's all I want. Just don't give me OKC scrubs. Light us up. That's all I want. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not, yeah. I mean, I'm just, I just don't want OKC to beat us in general. Because, like, I just don't need their fans bringing up that tweet from last year. Um, but, yeah. You know they got to save, too. If they don't bring it up, I'll bring it up. That's cool. Oh, my gosh. Literally had, like, so many private accounts tweeting the account for no reason. Oh, it was, was busting your ass, too. I never seen a concerted effort against one fan outside of the fan base. They took that shit personal, too. Like they are, they legitimately are. They were legitimately were tanking last year. That that was not even a dispute, and they had the nerve to be upset at me. And I called them out on it before they sent Shay and Lou Dort and like all their players home. Like, whatever. Drakkar Samson was getting bitters for that team, bro. And you don't know who Drakkar Samson is. He's the dude who's like six foot doing the hook shot. Jakar Samson's not an NBA. You mean Xavier Simpson. Whatever. Anyway. Yeah, they were giving him minutes, and that dude is probably overseas hooping right now. But yeah, he's hookshot in his way through life. But like, you know, what I'm saying like I don't even know his damn name. How many names? How many people you know on the OKC roster? Exactly. Shay, shit, that's it. Oh, Giddy, Lou Dort, and. Trey Man, if Trey you're Mann. really into the NBA like that. <laughs> yeah, you got to be a damn nerd in the OKC roster for me to say some shit like fucking, oh, Kenrick Williams. Like. But we are nerds, so we do know OKC's roster. <laughs> unfortunately. I'm not, proud, I'm not proud about that fact. I really am not proud about that fact. I mean, oh, yeah. They got Mike Muscala. He hot. Like, too. Oh man! Imagine Mike Muscala killing us from three. Oh man, son, that would be rough. Okay, the worst person, the worst person that could kill us from three would be Foku. By far, it would be Foku, because Foku is ass. And as somebody who like vouched for Foku during that pandemic, because the pandemic fried all of our brains, like son, son, if Foku Shevsky wets us up and gives us buckets. I'm I'm not doing a post game anymore. I'm Don't dropping. I, I literally, I will literally drop from post game because at that point, that I can't show my face anymore. Oh my gosh! I think I think we'll be good on 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 Poku. I, I think I think he'll have an okay game. I don't think he'll kill us. I pray. Um, but yeah, I think that's all we got for today. You know, Knicks win. It's always a good night when the Knicks win. Does not take away from all the previous things that we discussed on the Nets post game, which are still issues that can always rear its ugly head. Um, but yeah, it was nice to see a Knicks win. It was nice to see RJ drop 30. Um, you know, you're just hoping that we continue this consistent effort that we we showcase against bad teams. It, it's funny. Um, we play like I think we're like we are like I want to say 
six and zero oh versus no, no, we're six and one versus below five hundred teams. It's we, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Nets, the Nets. The Nets. We are like zero oh and five versus teams above five hundred. It would be nice to, you know, beat some good teams soon, hopefully. Like, I just don't want this to be the year that we are just like it we are probably gonna it's probably is gonna be the year of the year that we are just completely mid, but it would be nice to like not be that and you know get some quality wins versus some tougher opponents and for our players to play well against those tougher opponents. Cause you know, it just shows that our players are progressing and are getting better. Um, but we will see. It was nice to get this win. Um, Detroit did make us fight for it. Respect to them for that. Um, we'll be back after the OKC game. Hopefully there are more positives to talk about that game than negatives. Um, check out everything stricken related in the description. We got links to the site, merch, Patreon, and Twitter. All great ways to support us. Make sure you leave a like and subscribe. We are on our way to 1K subs. It help us. It helps us out a ton if you do that. Um, and we will catch you guys after the OKC game. Peace. Our house is a mess. Come on in. I'm Amber Wallen, internet comedian, plant queen, and host of your new favorite podcast, Fly on the Wild. Okay, that's pretty presumptuous to assume that this is going to be their favorite podcast, by the way. Like, come on, Amber. Anyway, that wasp that you just heard interrupt me is my husband. And co-host, Benjamin Wallen, also a comedian, and I host people at our home. I have a great wine collection in my cellar. Well, you it's mean not a cellar. the mini fridge. It's a mini fridge. It's a mini yeah. fridge. New episodes of Fly on the Wallen drop every Wednesday. Listen in as we discuss relationships, books, and keeping our sweet baby kid alive while we make laughs on the internet. Subscribe to Fly on the Wallen wherever you get your podcasts.